we are all like TV shows. You've just got to give me one clear message. And you think Donald Trump is very good at this. You know, not my favourite person, not my choice of, you know, the ideal dinner guest by any means, uh, personally for me. But, you know, make America great again. Is there anybody, you know, who doesn't know that? You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey everyone, Samantha McLean, Editor of Elite Agent here. If every word used to describe yourself or your business could make you either a million dollars or cost you a million dollars, how carefully would you choose? Because when it comes to content creation of any kind, it's not their job to be interested, it's your job to be interesting. At least that is a famous quote I've learned and lived by from award-winning TV producer Maz Farrelly. Maz has worked with everyone from Guy Sebastian, Mark Burris, Liam Neeson, mm -hmm, Tony Curtis, and even The Hoff. While she spent her career in TV winning awards for all types of shows, she's now helping mere mortals, including leaders like you and I, and her promise is to make us the most fascinating people in the room. So, Maz, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very delighted to be here because you know I think you're very clever. And frankly, you have an enormous choice of people to speak to. So I'm delighted that you are even mildly interested in speaking to me. Thank you. Oh, can we be best friends now? Yes, absolutely. I'm <laughs> going to start stalking you. I'm quite busy at the moment, but I will find the time. Okay. And can you tell me about Liam Neeson? Because I just, oh, sorry, I had to pause for a second there while I was reading the intro. I uh, met Liam Neeson. I've met him twice. He is absolutely as attractive as you think he's going to be. Like he's tall and he's big and he has an incredible presence and a right twinkle. And the first time I met him, I would say would have been maybe 1998. And then the next time would have been maybe 2010. Uh, and he just gets better with age. He's like a good claret or a nice cheese probably a good claret more than a nice cheese uh yeah he um some people you meet them and they're tiny and you think oh, god that's really weird because you look you know they're perfectly proportioned people but they're just very small versions uh, and he isn't he's incredibly tall because most actors are actually pretty small so it must be quite difficult to shoot him when he's in a room full of tiny people they must be on boxes or he's standing in a <laughs> hole or something yeah, absolutely. Just so that the audience gains an insight into who you are, because I've seen you present a couple of times, um, which has been super enjoyable. And, I, and as I said in my intro, I've, I've taken heaps away from some of your presentations. Um, you are behind some of the biggest and best known shows in Australia, including the original series of Big Brother, um, Dancing with the Stars, X Factor, Celebrity Apprentice, Farmer Wants a Wife, and even ABC's Q and A. Um, first of all, can I ask you? Um, do you have a favourite out of all of that stuff? No, not really. The ones. So I'm going to sound like a very old Miss World here. The ones that I really like, the ones that employ lots of people. 
from actually, you know, from really honest. I love the fact that uh, when I made Big Brother, it was very good. So we got another series and then we made that really well. We got another series. And it means that you can employ maybe a thousand people for three years uh, when I was doing it. And that feels really nice. I love that Q&A is still going and that's maybe 10 years, actually probably longer, uh, which is great because you think there are people there that are relying on that to pay the mortgage. Uh, all of the shows that I've done have been fun. That I have laughed my head off doing all of them. Uh, the night, I mean... I can't, it's like saying, do you have a favourite child? Actually, that's not true, because I'm pretty sure, I'm not a parent, but I'm pretty certain if I was a parent, I would have a favourite child, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really who I work with, uh, and I always surround myself with people I really like that I think are better than me. Uh, and I choose, well, I used to choose jobs based on how much fun they would be. Uh and Big Brother was very challenging. I mean, the interesting thing about, you know, my previous job of making content is if I have a bad day now, you know, maybe a thousand people in the room go, you know, oh, yes, that was all right. Uh, if I had a bad day in telly, uh, I'd be front page of the papers, all the papers. It would go around the world. Uh, we'd be on the news. Uh, you know, occasionally the government would get involved. <laughs> so slightly different. So my new job is beautiful and completely stress-free, really, in comparison. Because I, I made Big Brother back in the old days when uh, it was really a social experiment. And I made it the year, I did the Free the Refugees year. And then I think the next year we had the turkey slap. I didn't know what a turkey slap was. Someone had to tell me because uh, I'm at that age, you know, that. who knows. Uh, and the government tried to shut Big Brother down and that was a really weird year because I wasn't an Australian citizen or resident I was just you know here working really and I really fought the government because I think it's your choice Samantha to switch off my show but it's not the government's choice to switch it off for you because I think when they start doing that you're in very dangerous territory uh so that was an interesting year. Like I really had an enormous fight with them. It went backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. Uh, and I felt that what they were doing was morally wrong. And what's interesting about making the kind of shows I made is you have to have your, uh, your kind of ethics compass uh, pointed in the right direction every moment of the day because you're called you know, to use it every moment of the day. Because uh, you're dealing with people's, you know, well-being and their lives and their futures, you know, when they leave the house or leave the X Factor or leave whatever show you're making. So that's a very interesting part of it that, you know, you're constantly, as well as making a TV show, you're constantly looking after these people and thinking, are they okay? Are they all right? Are they okay? Are they all right? And my first ever boss said to me, the most important thing in this TV show, you're going to think it's, you know, always go for a wide shot when people are laughing, go close when they're crying. But actually, the most important thing is that these people feel cared for and looked after. And then we make a TV show. But that's what happens first. Uh, and that was that was a good kind of, you know, it's good moral code to have, I think. So it's been very interesting. Wouldn't change a thing. It is interesting, the world of reality TV. TV because we've just sort of seen or Lux Listings Sydney season two has just finished airing 
Um, and it features four agents who I would say absolutely have the X factor. So I've known Gavin Rubenstein for years and I've always, you know, people always ask me what he's, what's he really like? Um, because they see the social media side of him and, uh, you know, and there is undoubtedly some sort of a light in him. Like when you meet him, there's something, I don't know, super charming. I mean, and he's, he's a little bit short too. He'll be the first person to make jokes about that, but he is super charming and there is just something about his energy, which makes you sit up and take notice. Um, what criteria in reality TV do you use to spot a person who is going to be interesting like that and will make people take notice? You know, it's kind of everything rolled into one. You know, when you go to a party, Samantha, or a conference and, you know, you and your hubby will meet someone, your very handsome hubby who's just off to the side, uh, <laughs> you'll meet uh, 20 people, 30 people, and you both come home and you'll probably say, hey, did you meet Jim? Wasn't he interesting? It's really interesting. You know, I really liked talking. to. We should catch up with Jim again. Now, Jim won't be the most interesting person there or the best looking. He won't say the smartest things. But there'll be something about Jim. And the people that I really like, there are different ways of casting. Lots of people cast for story. They'll say this person has an amazing backstory. Now, I don't really like that because I think... What if you put them on the show and they never tell that story? You know, you've just got a person who has an interesting story they've never told. So I like people whose natures are very strong. So people who are very funny, very emotional, very calm. And you cast it like a drama. So if you were having the world's most interesting dinner party, that's essentially what reality is. You invite the most interesting people you know and you give them interesting things to do and then you let them do it. That's my style. Uh, there are lots of shows that will produce, you know, as much as they can, you know, get them to do this and this and this and this and this. And I'm not really like that. I think you give people interesting things to do, of course. Uh, but if you have interesting people, they can't help but be interesting. And the interesting people are the ones who walk in. And this is what we do on castings. So I know this off by heart because I've said it 75,000 times. I think I've said it probably 15,000 times because I've, I've interviewed more than 12,000 people. So I've said this a lot. You have one minute to tell me about you, to tell me why you were different to everybody out there, why you are different. Don't tell me the same thing that everyone else tells me. I'm a real people person. I want Australia to love me. I'm very competitive. You know, I will give this 110%. Don't tell me all those things because you will sound like everybody else. Tell me why you are different. And then people will come in and they'll say, well, I am a, I am a people person, you know, and I really want to meet people. And then I go, right, I think I told you not to say that because <laughs> you do sound like everybody else. So they're really interesting people. Yeah, they're different. Yeah, I think also you've just rattled off every real estate agent's LinkedIn bio too. I'm a people person. I'm super competitive. I'll give it 100%. Sorry, one more thing. I'm trustworthy and passionate. Authentic. Oh, you know, and authentic. I mean, people yeah. say the same things all the time. Yeah, if I hear another person say, you know, we've just been through unprecedented times, and I always say to them, did you have precedented times before that? <laughs> Did you know like everything was going to happen when it was going to happen? Because my life has been chaos thus far. So unprecedented is my middle name. Uh, you know, pivot. Well, did you never change your mind before or have to adapt? I mean, it's just become this sort of, it's sort of become like a, 
a really dull thing to say. <laughs> people are really interesting. They just get lazy. And, you know, most people's LinkedIn, I did, um, I do talks on how to lose white noise, how not to be dull. Uh, so I did a bit of research into what people say on LinkedIn. People generally say this, uh, I'm a passionate, insert job, with 15 years experience working for the biggest brands in the world. And you think, right, okay. So saying that you've been doing something for a long time doesn't make you good at it. There was a doctor in the UK and he was a doctor for 40 years. Very popular, very popular man. His patients loved him. He was a passionate doctor with 40 years experience. And in that time, he killed about 250 of his patients. He's Britain's uh, most notorious uh, serial killer, a guy called Dr. Harold Shipman. So I say to people, saying you've been doing something for a long time doesn't mean you're good at it. It just means you've been doing it for a long time. It doesn't mean you're good. Uh, and when you tell me, you know, the biggest brands in the world, unless you name them, it doesn't mean anything. You know, if you say, you know, Macca's, Coca-Cola, Qantas, uh, Uber, Facebook, you kind of go, they're big brands. Yeah, I get that you're playing at that level. I call it, uh, well, I say to people, it's a little bit like, if you tell a boring story, it's in black and white. And when you add colour to your story and you just give me a few more details, that's when your story comes to life. Because otherwise it's just facts and facts are not terribly interesting unless they're amazing facts and very rarely are they amazing facts. Uh, you have to colour those facts and then they become amazing, I think. Absolutely. And that's something that we'll be talking about at Elite Retreat in August because you're going to come along and speak to attendees about how to stand out in a crowded marketplace and I don't want to give everything away, but I do want to give people a little taster. And that sort of taster is something I said right at the beginning, which is, um, you know, when I heard you speak, I heard you um, deliver that line. It's it's not their job to be interested. It's your job to be interesting. And I can't count the times that people have said, oh, no one opens my emails or no one answers my calls or, um, you know, like, you know, in, nobody, nobody um, responded to my ad. Um, you know, insert excuse here. And um, and I've often quoted you, I've said, someone wise once said to me, it's not their job to be interested, it's your job to be interesting. Aww. So um, what, what do you think it takes to be interesting right now in 2022 in this age of ridiculous distraction? I think when you describe yourself, if you, if you write your LinkedIn or your mission statement, Samantha, and your next door neighbor or your best friend or another agent could put that on their LinkedIn. That's not interesting. It has to be absolutely unique. So I'm a very unusual keynote speaker and trainer because to the best of my knowledge, I'm the only TV producer who's doing it. So that's my point of difference. So I could say to people, you know, I'm a keynote speaker. Uh, I used to make content and, uh, I now help people with their communications, but it's kind of a bit dull. So I say, look, I'm a, you know, an ex-TV producer, and I use all those tips and techniques so that you can deliver your message with the impact of a cement fist in a cashmere glove. Or, you know, when I was making TV shows, I would say to people, you know, when you watch TV and you just go, is there nothing but that reality nonsense on TV? And you know, there's the biggest budgets that make or break for a network these shows they're massive shows they're you know the big ratings juggernauts and you just think is there nothing 
But that nonsense on telly, I make that nonsense. That's my job. So how do you say it, you know, in a way that sticks? I call it sticky information. So when I used to make TV shows, uh, I was surrounded by TV professionals. And they're not really the people I want to discuss the shows with because I'm not watching them. So I would wait until all the TV people had gone home and until uh, all the people who are the support staff who keep the building going, keep the BBC going, all of those people who don't make TV, I would pitch them and I would say, I've got this idea for a TV show. It's blah, 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 blah. And I would say, can you repeat that back to me? And if they could, I know it's a good pitch because it's sticky. Very often, so I will do this with um, uh, your delegates. Uh, I'll ask them to turn to the person next to them and describe what they do. And let's just see who can remember what they say. Because if you can't, the next day when I'm talking to some friends and they say, you know, I'm thinking about buying a property and I really want someone who's a specialist in, you know, Double Bay or Richmond or, you know, wherever. Uh, you know, in the elite agent sphere. If I can't remember what you said to me the day before, you're not going to get the gig. If I can remember, I will recommend you. And we are all like TV shows. You know, I have one clear message. You've just got to give me one clear message. And you think Donald Trump is very good at this. You know, not my favourite person, not my choice of, you know, the ideal dinner guest by any means. Uh, personally for me but you know make america great again is there anybody you know who doesn't know that saying but i couldn't tell you what hillary said or obama or scomo or anthony albanese or julia gillard or obama or you know angela merkel i don't know i remember banana republic from paul keating (laughs) <laughs> Many yeah, years but it's ago. not really a mission statement. You think, what is your mission statement? Yeah, what are you going to say? Yeah, that gets yeah. me on board. That I remember. That I will repeat. That is something that rallies the troops to follow you. And I was, I d- did a talk yesterday in um, uh, Melbourne, and in the coffee queue after I'd finished my talk, I was chatting to some of the people who were there, and. Uh, a lawyer was there and she said, oh, just really boring. I said, trust me, nobody is boring. As you know, I've interviewed tens of thousands of people. And trust me, I've never met a boring person ever. You know, everyone has a story. You just got to sometimes work quite hard to find it. And um, I said, what do you do? Because, of course, it's what you do, isn't it? You say, what do you do then? And she said, oh, boring lawyer. I do policy. I don't know how to describe it. Really, I, I do government stuff. I do policy. You know, and I said, so what would happen if you didn't do it? It should not be anarchy. I said, then that's what you do. You save this country from anarchy. That's a nice line. No one is ever going to say, please don't tell me about that. Because what you want to do yeah. is you want to start a conversation. It's got to be a line that makes you want to know more. You know, it's, that's the job of the first line. And if it isn't interesting, you know, the hotel I'm sitting in wouldn't exist if the first line of their pitch wasn't interesting, the Uber that I took from the airport, that wouldn't exist if the first line of that pitch wasn't interesting or their email or their one-liner or their mission statement. Uber simply wouldn't exist. It'd be another company doing it. So every conversation 
really business starts with one line. And if it's interesting enough, it's the start of business and start of a relationship. So it's extraordinarily important. And uh, nobody trains you how to do it. Well, they do now because I do. Yeah. So would, would your best tip be to keep it nice and short? Because like the other thing that I've heard you talk about a lot is that, you know, like in the world of TV is brutal. And look, I, I know myself, like, you know, I spent, I think, a few minutes on um, on Gaslit the other day and, and had no idea what they were talking about, but and ended up turning it off and went to Anatomy of a Scandal. And that sort of got <gasps> me in because I was really enjoying Sienna Miller's wardrobe. Um, you know, so so that kept me for a different reason. But um, what stops people turning the remote off on you? Uh, the first in TV, it's uh, the first. You'll you'll probably give us ten seconds. If they're moderately interesting, you'll give us twenty. Uh, if you give me thirty, you're probably going to stay. If you give me a minute, then I've probably got you. Uh, but the hardest thing is to get you actually to just press play. You know, if your Netflix ad or your binge ad or your Stan ad is great, you're not even going to click, you know, and each of those, so maybe, you know, the show will probably cost, the shows I make are probably about 30 million. And they're probably about 30 words, 40 words, and you get a million a word. They've got some real heavy lifting to do. Uh, when people send really long emails, Here's a tip if you're contacting me. I just don't read them. I just don't. You know, I like I like bullet points. I like to be really short. Um, I like a catchy line that's going to make me open the email. And I just want it to be interesting. Because if it isn't, what I'm not short of in my life is email. I'm quite email friendly. I've got quite a lot of emails. So if you want me to open it, it's got to have a catchy title. And it's got to be short. You know, it's your job, really, to deliver a short email. You've got to edit it. And I, when people start in TV and they write scripts, they overwrite and overwrite and overwrite. And you can see when they start to get better because the scripts get shorter and shorter and shorter. So when we cut TV shows like The X Factor, when they're not live, we will the first cut will be maybe three hours and then we'll do two hours and then we'll get it down to you know 90 minutes and then 60 and then 47 and that's the real meat and that's what we have to do with our websites and our LinkedIn and all our assets and our conversations you know deliver your information in a really impactful way and deliver it very quickly and when you do people are hooked in and look right you know that's also part of the conversation what do you look like so that's the first thing I see you know, it's the first impression yeah, I was, I was going to say, so let's talk about video for a little bit. Like I've got a, a couple of questions on on the idea of video. So a, a lot of people are worried about what they're going to look, what they look like and what they sound like on video. And um, I think we all suffer from it a bit, even, you know, me. I've been, I think this is like, you know, I think we're getting up to, towards 300 episodes of this podcast. But when someone says, oh, um, we've edited the video. I will never watch myself back on video because I know I'd probably never get back in front of the camera again if I did constantly watch myself back. Um, what are your top tips for getting over that initial fear of that glass thing in front of you that, um, you know, that everybody's so frightened of? So I do, I have this sort of A, B, C, D, E, F. So I will share it with you. It's um, 
a little workshop I call How to Vavavum, your Zazazum. Uh, oh, I like it. A is um, your attire. What are you wearing? Because that's the first thing I see. So I like colour. Yeah, that's my jam. Uh, I think when you're going to conferences, when you're out and about at anything, uh, and you look great in black, if everyone's wearing black, it's very hard for me to notice you. So when I go to conferences, I, I tend to wear like a red suit or a pink suit or something different because I get that if I look like everybody else, I look like everybody else. Hard to find me. Whereas if they say, you know, it's that extraordinarily attractive menopausal lady over there in the red, you'll go, oh, yeah, I see her. <laughs> so think about what you're wearing. A, your attire. B, your background. This is a very bad one for me. I'm in a hotel, so I have no control over it. Uh, but I do have control over the light coming in. This is quite nice light. So if you can, always face a window. If there's a sheer curtain over it, that's very, very nice. Think about what your background says about you, because your background is part of your story. And if I see another set of bookshelves or, you know, one tiny piece of art, I mean, really, you know, unless it's a great piece of art and it's a conversation starter. So that's your B, your background and your body language. You know, if you can, stop straight. You know? uh, C is your content your conversation. So what are you going to say? When you know what you're going to say, the camera holds no fear for you. And that is life generally. I find that people are nervous, uh, public speaking or being on camera. If they don't know what they're going to say, when you know what you're going to say, it becomes so much easier. You can't rehearse enough. You know, the stuff that looks really casual on TV, we've rehearsed it. And it's only looks really casual because we're so comfortable because we know exactly how it's working so that's your c d is your delivery uh, and i say to people if you can sit up straight if you have something to read like this isn't the best angle for me it really should be kind of up here that's a much nicer kind of angle uh, so d is your delivery smile if you don't like being on camera i would say this to you uh, whoever you love, if it's Liam Neeson or Harry Styles or your dog or your partner or, you know, God forbid, your children even, maybe, uh, have a little photo of them, cut a hole in it and put it there. So when you're talking to the camera, you're actually looking at someone you love. And that really does help because you think anything you're doing, you're sharing stuff that is going to help someone else in their life. And that is a beautiful thing to do. So before I used to do big Zooms and big seminars on Zoom, uh, I would stand next to the camera. Obviously, no one can see me. I would say, you know, I love everyone who's going to be on this. And I want to share as much as I can to make your life better and make you twice as successful in half the time. And even just saying that mission statement, I would kind of, I could feel the love going into the camera. And that helped. So D is your delivery. Smile. Pause. Speed up, slow down. Whatever your delivery is, be yourself. E is your eye line. And your eye line should be around here, center to just above center. If you are looking down, you look menacing. And if you're looking up, you look weak. So you want to be kind of around here. When I do most stuff, I stand, but I can't because I don't have all my equipment with me. So I like standing because uh, the energy is better, especially if you're hosting you're better off standing because your, you know, your delivery is much better and your energy, you know, is higher. So think about your eye line, think about your energy. And F, friendly. Be friendly. 
just be nice and smile and be warm and you know have some icebreakers to start you know if you're on camera uh think about your beginning middle and end so we begin with a punch we end with a punch and we try and keep you know in the middle it'll be emotional and funny and emotional and funny we always start with something amazing to hook you in and we always end on something amazing so that when something finishes and this is you know true of your presentations and if you're doing a talk you know or a tv show or a podcast if you end on something big the moment it's finished people will turn to each other and go oh god that was amazing that was great we must watch tomorrow night so we put people like susan morrell in one direction right at the end of a tv show because what we want is you know you're sitting on the sofa with your very attractive husband and you say oh, darling get us another glass of wine how good was that darling that was amazing and you go yeah we must watch tomorrow night now when that happens i'm in business uh, lots of people end talks and presentations with the q a no one's ever asked an interesting enough question for that to be a great end so i think if you are doing you know whatever you're doing stick the q a two-thirds towards the end and then end on something impactful and then you're left with a very good taste in your mouth i think so they're my tips for being on camera but the main thing is when you know what you're talking about your nerves kind of go away and also the more you do it the less it hurts you know embarrassment is a strange muscle because the more you use it the weaker it gets so i would say you know embarrass yourself as much as you can and if you are i do this uh, thing i say to people when i'm training people who are uh, not as confident as they'd like to be and heard it on i think the tim ferris podcast and it's this uh when you next buy coffee go in and ask for 10 percent off because it's embarrassing so you go i'll have a soy flat white please very flat uh could I have 10 percent off and they look at you like you're mad. And then when you get really good at it, you give them a really stupid uh, reason. So sometimes they say, uh, I'm planning to leave my husband. He doesn't know. And it's going to be very messy. So I need the money. Uh, or I'm thinking about buying a child. I've said that one before. Uh, I want a really big diamond. And generally, they'll go, okay. Uh and it's just a nice way of embarrassing yourself ever so slightly. And after you've done it 40 times, it's funny. And when you just do 1% every day, one tiny thing that scares you every day, and I don't mean anything dangerous. I just mean getting into a lift and saying hello or complimenting someone or offering to go first when, you know, there's an opinion to be heard. All of those things, I think, help. It's interesting, you know, like I can actually, um, I made myself into a bit of a human lab rat last year. <laughs> I did exactly what uh, what you're suggesting there. I did a, I, I challenged my, my coach challenged me to do 30 days of Facebook Live. So I had to do one Facebook Live every day and I had to be on for longer than three minutes. <laughs> That's and, brilliant. Um, 
at the beginning, I, I have to tell you, I really sucked. Um, but then towards the end of it, and like, I don't know if I'd actually recommend that, you know, people do Facebook live for 30 days. Cause you know, like every day I'd show up and I'd go, Hey, it's Sam here. This is day one of 30, day two of 30, day three. And, um, you know, and I used everything from my guitar to puppies to all the rest of it. Brilliant. But, but you know, like my, well, the dog was a puppy back then, but, um, what I learned from that is that, you know, nobody died. <laughs> Yeah. Um, You know, and at the end of it, you know, like I I think now I am, you know, I can hit that live button and and know that my world is not going to collapse. So I think, you know, like what you're saying there is is absolutely true that, you know, if you put yourself out there a number of times, then it does get easier. It does. You know, you're not going to be a slalom skier the first time you put on skis, you know, and People will say to me when I do talks, they're kind of like, oh my God, that was amazing. And I say to them, well, look, I am a producer. You know, I produce content. And what I'm doing now is I produce content for myself. But I have spent 30 years doing it 12 hours a day. I'm very, very good at it because it was my job. You know, I wasn't doing something else and doing a bit on the side. You know, it was 100%. It was all I did. And, you know, every show I made apart from one was number one, you know, for 30 years. It's an incredible record to have. So that is my one unique skill. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do your budgets. I'm not going to cook for you because I would poison you. But, I, you know, that is my unique skill. It's content and creating content and putting people on stage and communicating in a way that is really interesting and helping people think differently about what they do and say and how they think. So all of that stuff that is producing, you know, essentially my job forever has been to make people and topics fascinating so that the people who are engaged with them are fascinated. And that's all telly is really. We take really boring stuff, we make it fascinating. And you watch shows about meals you will never taste or smell or cook. And you vote for people that you don't know and outcomes that don't affect you. And you pay us to do it. It's kind of crazy, but we are amazing storytellers. We think very differently. We're surprising. We make you laugh, make you care about people that you don't know. Uh, You know, we are extraordinary communicators. It's our one and only skill. Not much cop for anything else, but very good at that. Yeah. There are some expert communicators in the real estate industry, and then there's, you know, just some normal people kind of like me that – you know, that are beginning to understand, I think, that, you know, things like social media and, and owning the narrative in your space and doing all of those things are no longer optional. Like it's either you let the mainstream media take over um, the messaging or you can actually get out there and do something about it yourself. And I thought, you know, your background as a TV producer was would be excellent and, you know, some of the messages that you've shared with me have been amazing and I think great for the people at Elite Retreat. So what sort of insights will you be sharing with them um, in Sanctuary Cove or the people that are coming anyway? What I really want to do is get them to look at the white noise in their assets. And when you do that, Samantha, you do it forever. It's a band-aid that when you pull it off, when that scab comes off, it never goes back on again. 
you know, you will notice white noise everywhere. You'll notice it in TV shows, you'll notice it in other people's websites, their assets, their conversations. And when you lose it, your business absolutely changes because you do everything is through a prism of losing the white noise. And I go through uh, a bunch of questions so people can have a think, you know, start to think about it now. Why are you different? Why are you different to everyone else in the marketplace? Why are you a safe pair of hands? Why should I give you the task of selling my single most expensive asset? Why should I give it to you and not the person sitting next to you? Why? Because you need to make me feel very safe. You need to be wearing your white coat. You need to be a specialist. Why do you need to exist? That's a really difficult question. Uh, and if you don't need to exist, guess what? You don't need to exist. What would happen if you didn't exist? What do you want your competition to say about you? Because actually, that's very often your mission statement. You know, what are your hopes for the future? What do you want to happen? Where do you want to be? What are the 10 steps to get you there? Uh, and I also want everyone to think differently about everything they do. Because people think in a very obvious way most of the time because no one's really pulled them up on it. Uh, and if you look at most advertising, it's quite similar. Most marketing, pretty similar. Uh, and when you do that, it's not cutting through. You've got to be different. And there are only two ways of thinking. You can think 1% better than everyone else. So you can be like all the other agents and be 1% better. Or you can do the opposite to them. So that's the only thing you can do to win is you're just a little bit better than everyone else. Just 1% gets you over the line. One extra viewer and I'm a winner. Just one, that's all. 1%. Or you do the opposite. So you offer the market something that they can't get anywhere else. And that's the one I really like. And that goes back to why are you different? What is your unique selling point? And you have to have one and you have to have a mission statement. You have to have one because people have to remember what you stand for and they have to be able to repeat it. So when I'm, you know, when there's a conversation about your industry, they need to be talking about you and not your competition. And they need to be talking about the industry. You, know, you need to look at the problems in the industry and think how to resolve them. What are the problems? And actually it's a very interesting time for real estate. You are the rock stars in the TV world at the moment. You know, there's lots of listings, there's selling Sunset, there's selling Tampa. You know, we always had the Renault shows, but you guys are rock stars at the moment. This is a very good time for you. You know, it used to be chefs, you know, now it's you guys. So um, I would think about that. You know, what do you look like? Why are you different? You know, because if you're not different, I can throw a dart into this conference, hit anyone and book them. But that can't happen. Yeah, we don't we don't want people turning, you know, hitting that remote button with um, with anyone that comes to Elite Retreat. And I'm so actually I'm super excited about um, being able to um, showcase your talents to the to the guys uh, there. And I can't wait to see what they create. No more spoilers here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I'm I'm going to be around. So you know, for anyone who's there come and have a chat with me and come and run your mission statement past me and get me to look at your LinkedIn you know I'm there and I'm available and um you know I'll happily go through it I will be very honest I would say that because <laughs> I think um I think honesty is the greatest kindness 
uh, that you can really give anyone. You know, there's no point in not being honest because you don't improve. Uh, so, you know, I am very, very kind, but I am also very honest because I really want to help people. There's no point in me telling you you're marvellous if it's not working. Uh, you know, it needs to be better. And it can be very easily. Yep, absolutely. Well, Mez, it's been amazing talking to you today. Thank you so much for um, sharing some of your wisdom and particularly those video tips. They were amazing. Um Amazing, amazing, and and also for giving us a little bit of the gossip on um, on some of the stars. Actually, I'm going to have to ask you about the Hoff Adelaide retreat. I'm I'm saving that one. I love it. You can ask me about anyone. Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, pretty much everyone I, I've worked with, I've you know, I've had a really good time with. It's been really nice. Yep, yep. He seems actually he seems like a nice guy. Just maybe a little you know, a little too much of the fake tan, but you know, that was the nineties. We all had a lot of fake tan in the nineties, right? Look, I still do in a bad day. But the thing that's really <laughs> good about the Hoff is he's on brand. You know, he has had hiccups, obviously, but you know, he hasn't really been on TV for twenty years and you say the Hoff and we all know who you mean. Now that is yeah. the power of a brand, isn't that? He's clever. Absolutely. Very clever. So we want people to register for Elite Retreat and come and see you and work with you personally. So I'll leave the link in the show notes, but it's eliteretreat.com.au. Um, to find out more about um, Maz Farrelly, it's absolutelyfarrelly.com.au. Um, fantastic website. And um, and I know that um, people are going to get so much out of your presentation there's one question that I ask everyone towards the end of the podcast, um, and that is: Can you is, send me money? <laughs> <laughs> and that is, if there was one thing um, that you would like people to remember or take action on as a result of listening to this, what would it be? I mean, I would like people to be more confident. I would like them to think about white noise because it's holding you back. And it's all the lazy stuff that you've written and that you've said. And if you have been lazy, don't worry, because 99% of people I work with are quite lazy. And it's only because no one has pointed it out before. So if you, and people always write to me afterwards and they say, I've just realized I'm really boring. You're not. If you, your assets are not as interesting as you. And that's fine, because if they're way more interesting than you, you'd be in trouble. So you're going in the right direction. And what I would like is, you know, at the end of Elite Retreat, I would like people to walk away and go, that has changed the way I think forever and that there's no going back. Amazing. Maz Farrelly, see you in August and thank you so much. See you in August. I'll be having a fake time beforehand. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joinelitagent.com. 